when it comes to having a career, health, and relationships that thrive, we are required to include our body in the conversation. In fact, all of my clients who reach pinnacles of success and then sustain that success have found a way to be an allyship to their body. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal Carly. What's going on in your neck of the woods? I am so glad that you're here with me on Messy and Magnificent today. So recently, I have had two clients from totally different careers who don't know each other say almost exactly the same phrase to me recently. Now, one is a private coaching client, and she's the CEO of a spectacular and swiftly scaling, in a rather sustainable way, company. And the other one is a lead carpenter. But they both referred to what they called slipping into machine mode. And what they meant was that they both caught themselves historically, and they have to keep an eye out for it currently, accidentally beginning to operate like they are robots. And what I thought was really interesting about this was that they both said, I'm not in survival mode. That's a different mode. I am in machine mode, meaning I have become so obsessed with efficiency and organization and structure and getting the most out of each day that I am scheduled to the max. I am operating like a robot. There's no space for joy. And even in moments where there's good things in front of me, like family members or friends or an opportunity to do something fun my brain can't enjoy it. And then I just feel terrible about that because I'm just thinking about work all the time. And I think that they are explaining something that hundreds and hundreds of women have told me a similar sensation around. And it reminds me of Barbara Hurd, who is one of my new favorite authors. She wrote a book called Stirring the Mud on swamps, bogs, and human imagination. And I'll put a link to that here in the show notes. I read just a few pages of this book every day because it is so rich in language. But she said, quote, I am not anti-intellectual. I know the satisfaction of a mind in laser mode, the comfortable certainty of inarguable logic. But I know too, the distance and disdain, the intellect clattering up the steep face of reason can impose on the body and the landscape right now. I'm sweet on the moments of reverie that water induces, the way my mind loosens and grows fluid, end quote. And so what Barbara's alluding to here in this quote is understanding how incredibly pleasurable it is to have structure and to be intellectual, to use our logical brains, and yet how when we do a little bit too much of that, we can begin to squeeze out our ability to go with the flow a little bit. And so I'm so curious from you, if any of what I'm saying is relatable, this idea of machine mode as these two clients coined it is something that you've experienced or you've seen other women experiencing. And I'm sharing all this because by the time you hear this episode, I will have turned 40 years old 
And 40 years of having a body has taught me that when it comes to having a career, health, and relationships that thrive, we are required to include our body in the conversation. In fact, all of my clients who reach pinnacles of success and then sustain that success have found a way to be an allyship to their body. So maybe you've been with me for this entire month of episodes from episode 122, where we talked about beginning meaningful conversations with your body, or episode 123, where we talked about engaging your body's knowing to untangle from traditions and expectations that don't serve you. And that was with Susie Banks-Baum. Or episode 124 last week, where I told some of the real life stories from my clients and I about what happened when we started including our bodies in our decision-making process. There are links to all of those here in the show notes if they're speaking to you. But this entire month has been about how we can become markedly more resourced, energized, and informed as a result of allyship with our bodies. And so today, as the capstone to this four-part series, I want to do something (laughs) that takes our title messy and magnificent rather literally. I want to share something that takes me way out of my mental comfort zone and into alignment with the information that my body is giving me in this present moment about what does and doesn't make sense. And it has to do with a huge, big, watershed, light bulb turning on, whoa, this is going to be different decision that I and the many people that make Messy and Magnificent possible have decided to do. We're making a shift here. And this is happening in real time. Meaning, Most of what I share with you here on the podcast is after it's already happened, because as Glennon Doyle says beautifully, and I'm paraphrasing here, I talk better from my scars than I do from my open wounds. Meaning, once I have time to process, I see things differently, oftentimes in a lot clearer of a way. And I really prefer that when we're here on the show, we're bringing you data and research and proven methods. I only share what I've seen work. But sometimes, despite my mental preferences to have things pretty well wrapped up with a bow first, the reality is we don't get to know how things are going to work out before we must begin to make a change. We hear a lot of stories like, Oh, I used to work in corporate and now I found a way to upcycle old kombucha bottles and my whole life is so much better. But that paraphrase story is missing a messy and magnificent middle. And I want to share the middle of a transition with you in real time. Because for many of us, there's always at least one thing with a big question mark above it in terms of outcome. And yet we still must move forward or we risk stagnation. And if we wait till we're 100% ready, I don't know about you, but I would never begin anything (laughs) if I waited until I was 100% ready. It's pretty rare that I feel that prepared to begin something. So today, I want to take you behind the scenes and I'm going to share a big change happening at Messy Magnificent that I think you're really going to like, but I don't know. You tell me. I'll be really curious why I'm making this change, what I know to be true, and why it's worth taking the risk of making this shift. And I have no idea what the outcome's going to be. So I want to share how I'm navigating these unknowns. In other words, I'm welcoming you into my real-time thought and feel process so you can see how I, one CEO and coach and human, 
navigate some change. And I'm going to share some of the tools and processes that work for me and some of the things that even though I have lots of tools and processes for, I still wonder or even downright worry about. So if you're like me and you prefer plans, but you also know that there are moments when you too are called to go off script, change a format, alter an agreement that you've made, maybe no longer live into an expectation that's been held or a project or anything else especially when it's because your body needs something different than what you originally scheduled, then this is the episode for you. And as we dive in here, this is the part where I get to pause and give a shout out. And today as we're recording this, it is International Bring Your Body to Work Day. This is a new holiday that we are coining here around Messy and Magnificent. And I have been seeing women all over the world use the hashtag body to work and give an example on Instagram and LinkedIn about the ways that they are including their body in their work days. And if you want to see that, go check it out. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes and just know that even though this episode is coming out after March 21st, as far as I'm concerned, every day would behoove us to treat it like bring your body to work day. So continue to use the hashtag and tag me. I have so many comments to catch up on as I see all of these going out, but know that I see you. I'm looking at every single bring your body to work post. And I am so acutely aware of how important community care is when it comes to giving ourselves permission to be nourished, watching other women dare to pause and take care of their bodies, which is not easy for many of us, helps it feel a lot more possible for all of us. So thank you for being in this community in all the ways that you are. Let's continue to bring our bodies to work. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy, the place that motivated women come to reclaim their time, energy, and clarity, both on the spot and for the long haul. So if you're craving more authenticity or your body is telling you it is tired of being tired, or you're just so over going over loops in your mind about the next best steps for yourself, well, you can get free access to the Boundary Brunch recording where I share the three things that women who already have healthy, sturdy boundaries know and do. It's a game changer and it's totally free with nothing for sale in there. Visit carlyfane.com to get access and get spacious today and replace any accidental people-pleasing with peace of mind. So here's a story I've never shared before on Messy and Magnificent about how my body saved me big time when I first began working with celebrities. So one of my first big-ticket Grammy Award-winning clients was a rapper, and his particular entourage had a very much trial-by-fire kind of spirit meaning you were going to get dropped into the entourage with very little support, perhaps nobody rooting for you, a lot of people rooting against you, and you were going to have to prove quickly that you could handle that and that you could be a person who could make things work on the fly. And so the first night I arrived, I was in Chicago and I got a phone call from the one of the managers for this particular client. And he said, look, Carly, nobody lasts longer than two weeks with this person. If you make it a month, we'll all be so impressed. All you need to know is tomorrow morning, get down to the bus at 9 a.m. We'll take it from there. So that's what I did, right? No pressure. (laughs) 
<laughs> tried to get some sleep as best I could in the morning, got down to the bus at 9 a.m. And eventually we rolled out. There's a lot more to that story for another episode. Over the coming few weeks, each morning, I would wake up when it felt right and I'd have a little breakfast. And when I felt like, all right, it's time to move down to the bus, that's what I would do. And it would vary the times we would leave anywhere between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m., but just kind of mosey on down, get on the bus, and we'd always pretty much take off. And I was impressed with how efficiently we seemed to roll out all together. So about two weeks into this process, we're pulling up to the venue. It's late in the day, and the chef turns to one of the managers, Dev, and says, Hey, Dev, I didn't get a text about what time we're supposed to leave the hotel tomorrow morning. Do you know what time we're going? And she said, Oh, yeah, it's 4 a.m. I'll make sure that you're getting, you know, all the thread messages. And he said, great, thanks. And I said, wait a minute, hold on a sec. Dev, are you saying that there are text messages going out telling us what time to get down to the bus every day? She pauses and she looks at me and she said, yeah, but wait a minute, you've been on time every day. How have you been getting here, Carly? And I said, I don't know. I go when it feels right. (laughs) And she looked at me like I was a total weirdo and I probably am. And I looked at her like, oh my gosh, you guys are so disorganized, and they probably were. But in that moment, I realized that my body had saved my job. Had I missed that bus as much as one time, nobody would have cared that I missed the text thread. Nobody would have taken responsibility for that. We were all expected to figure things out on our own. And thanks to my body, I kept that job with that client for a number of years. And it's a little vulnerable for me to share this story because it sounds kind of magical, right? But there's one commitment I've made to myself in the turning of 40 years old, which is I am going to own who I am. And I am a person who gets information through her body. Maybe you are too. Maybe you get information through your intellect or your intuition or something else. I'd certainly love to hear about it. But this information that I get when I listen to it is profound. And behind the scenes of Messy and Magnificent, I have been having many candid conversations with the team here for a number of months about how meaningful and deeply rewarding making the show continues to be even three years into it and how much we all love connecting with each other and with new people like you and new ideas and building a growing sense of community of women that support one another. And it's totally kicking my butt, (laughs) literally kicking my butt. And I've been saying, how do we make this more sustainable? And as we started to explore this, we eventually started to laugh out loud because I don't know how this happened. Every part of the way we run my company, Everybody Thrive, is cyclical in nature. We tap into rhythms and workflow cycles. We build things out so that there is respite and there's time to be on and there's time to culminate. And yet somehow, (laughs) Messy and Magnificent has been in a phase of full-on visibility in an episodic fashion, meaning every single week for 125 weeks, we have turned out a new show. And when I say this out loud, I continue to laugh because I don't know how this flew under the radar. I don't know (laughs) why this show has continued to run like this. It's actually quite miraculous when I look at it this way that we somehow sustained it this far. But I also know that it is not sustainable for us to continue at this pace moving forward, specifically me. When it comes to making these episodes, the amount of drafting and researching and recording and interviewing to create high quality weekly podcasts, it's like creating a new mini workshop each week. And I love it. 
But it's time to make sure that we are able to keep the same high quality without sacrificing me or anyone else in the process. So we're going to be changing the format of this show. And I'm going to share a little bit about what that's going to look like here in a moment. But first, let me just continue to be candid. I love the new format we've landed on. And I have no idea how it's going to go. (laughs) Both of those things are true at the same time. Meaning, will it be a wild success? Is this going to be a total flop? Something else entirely? I have no idea. I couldn't possibly know the answer to that. But I do know this much. I have always made progress while not being perfect. And Lord knows I tried. (laughs) Lord knows I have tried to be perfect. I am definitely a recovering perfectionist. It hasn't happened yet. I haven't reached perfection yet. But by being brave enough to say yes when something feels right, even when I have no idea how it will go, Things have often worked out, sometimes differently than I thought, but more beautifully than I could have imagined. And I'm thinking about one of my favorite poets right now, Mary Oliver, in her book of poetry, Evidence. She has a couple lines in there that say, quote, As for the body, it is solid and strong and curious and full of detail. It wants to polish itself. It wants to love another body. It is the only vessel in the world that can hold in a mix of power and sweetness, words, song, gesture, passion, ideas, ingenuity, devotion, merriment, vanity, and virtue. Keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable. Oh, let me say that last line again. Mary Oliver invites us to keep some room in our heart for the unimaginable. And isn't that just what our body asks us to do when we sense something and we don't fully understand it yet, but we know, hold on, this isn't working for me, or I'm feeling called to approach this differently. There must be another way here, or what else might be true here, or can I make space for an alternate possibility? So Here's what's going to be happening for the show. And as I explain the new format, I would love your feedback and ideas around it. Your voice really matters here. So leave a review on iTunes or email Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com and tell me what must stay in this show. Why do you keep showing up? I don't want to leave that out as we reformat. And what would you love to see added in? What are you being called to that you would love to see us include more of, whether it's a certain guest, whether it's a certain type of research, a certain type of story, you tell me I am all ears. So here's the rundown on what the show is going to look like moving forward. We are transitioning from being episodic, as in a new episode every week, to going seasonal. (laughs) And as we cultivate our seasons, we are going to sync them with the seasons of the year or the fiscal quarters. Same thing in terms of the way the calendar is structured. And so we're going to have six powerful, potent episodes each season around one central theme. So that ultimately what we're creating is like a six-week workshop where we get to dive deep into one specific topic from A to Z. And we are researching right now the highest quality guests and making invitations for them to join us 
for our first spring season, which is going to start next month in April, we have already four stellar humans on deck. And then we're also going to be able to have, again, like we used to in the beginning of the show, one podcast pajama party each season. And this is a free event we do for an hour over Zoom. And women would come from around the world to talk about one theme. And what's going to be different about these podcast pajama parties is that we're going to record them so that there's at least one episode every season that is community-based where we get to do an exercise together over the course of that hour with resources like worksheets and handouts to live into. And then you'll get to hear that here on the show. You'll get to hear how women are living into this new topic and new theme in really practical, pragmatic ways so that we're not just consuming podcast content, we are contributing to it. We're not just consuming, we are connecting. We're not just consuming, we are creating. And in addition to having some resources at the Podcast Pajama Party, each season is going to come with a free guidebook that you can download and write into as you follow along throughout those six episodes so that you can tangibly apply what you're learning here to your career and your health and your relationships in really doable, hands-on kind of ways. And like always, all of this content will be totally free. There's nothing for sale in terms of the way we structure this podcast. So since you're here with me, I want to give you a sneak peek at what the first theme is going to be for our new seasonal format. Ready? It's navigating change. I mean, how could we not do that? Now, Navigating a Graceful Transition is a course I have been teaching for many years with one of my dear friends and colleagues, Dr. Maria Sirwa. We'll put a link to episodes we've done that reference that work of navigating change here in the show notes in case you want to tap into that. But who couldn't use a little more conversation about the best research and resources and support for navigating whatever stage of transition you're finding yourself in in this moment? So know that we have guests from all walks of life who are coming to help us navigate our change and you navigate your changes in this upcoming season. So you're not going to want to miss it. I cannot wait to be in the studio with them later this week recording those episodes. And what this does is it gives my small and mighty team lots of time and space to do the most potent research and plenty of wiggle room to really share each episode fully so that there isn't pressure on a weekly basis to be highlighting one show after another on a conveyor belt, kind of like that machine mode two of my clients were referencing earlier. But here's the risk. It turns out podcasts, like other platforms, have algorithms. They are built with a design that rewards those who churn out consistent content. And so it really builds an incentive to keep making more, more, more. And so we've been advised by some really smart people who know the best practices for this industry not to switch to a seasonal format because we might lose some of our bearing in the algorithm. And it's easy to see the cost of making that change. What if people don't hear our show as often? What if they don't come back for it if there's a couple weeks off in between seasons? But There's also a cost to not making a change. We are so good at seeing the perceived cost of making a change and it not going well, but it's easy to forget the cost of everything staying the same. And in this case, the cost of everything staying the same might be that the show becomes unsustainable. And we are not about that. 
right here. So we're preparing as well as we can, and then we're going to leap. Or as we call it around here, a strategic leap. We're not crossing our fingers and hoping for the best in this new format. We're making a transition very intentionally that works towards the best possible outcome, that holds our audience in high regard and respect. Because I believe in my heart of hearts, if we create spectacular content, people will show up for it and be excited to engage and continue to share it with others, even if it's not churned out on a weekly basis. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be a little hard to not gather with you in this way next week. There's going to be a couple weeks off between now and when the new season comes out in April. But during that time, I want to encourage you to go back to any of the last 120-something episodes and grab the one that speaks to you, just like I do when I'm reading works by Mary Oliver or Barbara Hurd that I've mentioned on this show, I open their books to a page and it is always the right one for that day. My fingers are like the guide for my body. They land on the thing I need to hear. And every episode we've recorded so far has been made to be timeless. So it's there and it's ready for you. And between now and the next episode, I'll still be active on social media and with my email list. If you're not on the list, I try to send something out at least twice a month where we go a little deeper into the conversations here on the show. So it's not a hiatus. It's a meet me at the new coffee shop for a few weeks. (laughs) And then we'll come back here in a couple weeks to return to our good old stomping ground here together in a new way. So I want to know from you, as I promise to continue to report back how this change and transition is going, what are you noticing from today's episode? What is landing with you? What word, phrase, thought, idea did you hear me share or did you hear bubble up within your own body? I want to know about that. Leave that with your review on iTunes as you tell me what it is that we must keep in the show moving forward or what you'd like to see more of. And remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including your body in the conversation of what makes sense now. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.